Kids are rocking out. Can you hear them? I mean, they are jamming. Man. You know, they are, um, they are having a party back there, which is really, really cool. They are going to be stuffing um, Christmas stockings today uh, with candy, which I hope more goes in the stockings than goes in their stomachs. Uh, but we're putting those stockings together, and then we're going to deliver them next week to all of the area schools to all of the staff, just as a way to say, you know, Merry Christmas. And, you know, we want the kids to, to have a party because right now we're kind of in that season of Christmas parties, you know, whether it's at your work, family, friends, neighborhoods, sports teams, associations, whatever it is, we love to gather at this time of year and just have those kind of Christmas parties. And if you've been going to Christmas parties for a number of years, you've probably noticed that a lot of people now are trying to theme out they're Christmas parties. It used to be you just went to a Christmas party. Well, now there has to be a theme. So maybe you're in the midst of planning a Christmas party and you're saying, well, I don't have any themes. Well, good news, 3TC has you covered. So we've got some suggestions for you on themes for your Christmas party. How about this? You could have a Christmas character party, a Christmas PJ party, a ho, ho, ho down Christmas party, a DIY ornament Christmas party, cookie making Christmas party, gingerbread house and making Christmas party, a pet Christmas party, I love that, a Carol Oakey Christmas party, a reindeer game Christmas party, a hot cocoa exchange Christmas party, a Christmas in Vegas party, and a beers and cheers Christmas party. I knew that one would get the best response, right? Who wouldn't go to a beers and cheers Christmas party, right? We love to gather. We love to gather. We love to exchange gifts. I mean, that's what you do this time of year, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your friends. We love to gather. We love to gift. But you know who really loves to gather and gift and does it better than anybody? God. God loves to gather his people and he loves to gift them. See, when we think of gathering gift, we think of it from a retail perspective. But what we really need to do is understand it from a rescue story perspective. So we're going to continue on in our rescue story theme for Advent. So if you want to open up your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 23, Jeremiah, a prophet in the Old Testament. Jeremiah was a priest by birth and a prophet by the calling of God. Jeremiah preached uh, as the Assyrian Empire was collapsing, but right before the Babylonian Empire would rise. And let's not forget, the people of God were soon to go into a 70-year captivity of the Babylonians because of their disobedience. So we're going to look at Genesis, or, um, Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 6. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back into their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. 
In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. You know, we need to really kind of understand what was happening here. The people of God did not have a godly leader over them. They used to a guy named Josiah. Josiah was a great godly leader. But when Josiah died, his sons took over. And his sons were not godly and they were disobedient and they turned away from the Lord and things just became chaotic. See, because the role of a leader in this culture was like that of a shepherd. A shepherd who takes care of the sheep, takes care of the flock. They are there to provide, to protect, to give healing and to give hope. And what was happening was that, that these leaders, they were not doing that. They weren't providing for the people. They weren't protecting the people. They weren't bringing healing. And they definitely weren't giving the people hope. In fact, it got so bad that the people were leaving the safety of the community of God. Whether they were driven away or they walked away, they were leaving. They just didn't feel like they could stay any longer within the community of God. Life had become chaotic. Things were spinning out of control. There was no godly leadership. It didn't seem like things were going to get better. So they said the best thing to do was to just leave the presence of God. Sometimes we feel like that. Sometimes we feel like life is spinning out of control, that things don't seem to be getting better, that everywhere we look, there's chaos. And so we think that the best thing to do is to step away from God or step outside the community of faith. Well, just like when a sheep is outside the protection of the shepherd, bad things can happen. They become vulnerable. They can give in to all kinds of things that could lead to their harm. And again, so often people are driven out, but so often people step outside of the comfort and the protection of the shepherd of God. Sometimes we allow our jobs to lead us outside the protection of the shepherd of God or our kids' activities or our own personal pleasure. That It all leads us away and we think that we don't need God anymore. But when we are not within the, the community of faith, when we are not within the protection of the shepherd, we lose three very important things. Number one, we lose protection. Number two, we leave, lose provision. And number three, and most importantly, we lose hope. If we are not within the community of faith, if we are not living with God and with others who are living with God, then we will not have the hope that we need to get through the trials and the challenges of our life. We've been talking about how Christmas is a rescue story and not a retail story. And so what God was saying through the prophet Jeremiah to the people, that if you want to have hope, if you want to be rescued, then the first thing you need to do is repent. Because repentance precedes rescue. And so what God was saying through the prophet Jeremiah, despite that the people have no great leader, despite that there's chaos, remain faithful. Because if you remain faithful, you will find hope. And so this, this entire community is in an uproar. Things are chaotic, which could be like our world. And then there's this wonderful, wonderful verse in verse 3, if you want to read it with me. It, God says, I myself will gather the remnant out of my flock, out of all of the countries where I have driven them, and will bring them back to their pasture, where they will be fruitful and increase in number. So God says, I know things are spinning out of control. I know it seems like there's no hope. But then God says, I'm going to gather my people, those who are faithful, those who haven't given up, those who haven't stepped away. I'm going to gather those people and watch, I'm going to gift them. 
And how does he gift them? I'm going to bring them back to the land and they're going to be fruitful. God loves to gather and God loves to give the gift of hope. And so when we gather as the people of God, we will receive the gift of hope. And that's what God was saying to the people. He says, I want you to gather and I want you to gift. I want you to just to think about that for just a second. Where else does God promise to gather and gift the second coming? See, what was happening here is already we're getting a preview of what is to come. God will gather the faithful when he returns, when Jesus returns the second time, and he will gift them with the hope of eternal life. I want to read to you what it says here in Matthew. It says, At that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven, heaven to the other. God loves to gather and he loves to gift. And the gift that he gives us in the birth of Jesus is hope. Jesus was born into a world that was seemingly spinning out of control. In a world that was caught up in everything except the one thing that could bring them hope, which was God. And so often our world, which can feel like it's spinning out of control, we get so caught up in all the wrong things that we can't see that God, when we gather with God, whether that's your quiet time every day, your prayer time, life group, whether it's gathering for worship, when we gather with God, he will give you and I the gift of hope. But if we are not gathering with God personally, as a family and corporately, then we are living outside of the presence of God, then we're not going to find that hope to get us through. The shepherds were failing the people. They weren't doing their job. They weren't providing. They weren't protecting. They weren't giving healing. They weren't giving hope. In fact, they were doing the opposite of that. They were being selfish. They were only looking out for themselves. It was not looking very good. And if you're like me, if we put our hope in other people and other leaders, we will be disappointed. No matter how wonderful, no matter how good people are, whether it's your boss, whether it's an educator, a pastor, a politician, a coach, it doesn't matter how wonderful those people may seem. They were not built to provide hope. The one that was built and sent to provide hope, the one who was sent to rescue us is the only hope we have, which is Jesus, which is Jesus. And so what God says is, I'm going to gather my people. I'm going to gift them. And then he says this. Here in verse 4, I will place shepherds over them who will tend to them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. So God, again, we see how he gathers in gifts by, by collecting people and bringing them back to the promised land. And then he gathers and he gifts them with godly leaders, albeit temporary, but with godly leaders. People like Ezra, Nehemiah. Zerubbabel, And as we can go forward through the New Testament, we can see Paul, and we can see Peter, and we can see Timothy, and we can go on and on through church history. That God is providing these wonderful temporary leaders. And he's not only providing a place, he's providing a space where people can know and grow in their knowledge of God. And for us, that's the church. God said, I want to give you hope that I'm going to gather you, but I'm going to place you within the body of believers, all of whom have a rescue story, all of whom are not perfect, but all of whom are saved by faith. I'm going to gather them and I'm going to place them in an environment where people could grow. 
See, God loves to gather and gift. When we think of gathering and gifting, well, we think of Christmas parties. We think of it from a retail perspective. We think of white elephant gifts and gifts under $5. And that's fun and that's nice, but that's not the meaning and the message of Christmas. Christmas is not about retail, it's about rescue. And God rescues when he gathers. Read through scripture. Look how God gathers and gifts and he rescues them. I mean, let's go back to the Exodus. You remember the Exodus? The people were enslaved. They had no hope for generation after generation after generation. And what does God do? God gathers the people. I want to listen to what he says. He says, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give Abram, to give Isaac and Jacob. I will give you as a possession. I, I will give it to you as a possession I am the Lord. And, and I want you to hear these things, and I'm going to break this down for you because it's so important to understand how when God gathers, he gives. So let's break this down for a second. He says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Have you ever been under the yoke of something? A bad job, a bad relationship, a bad situation. It seems like there's no hope. God says, I will give you hope. I will bring you out of that circumstance. When you gather with me, I will gift you with hope. He says, I will free you from being slaves. How many people are a slave to their job, a slave to their past, a slave to their present, a slave to the unknown future? God says, I will free you. When you gather with me, I will give you the gift of hope. He says, I will redeem you. You and I can't rescue ourselves. You and I can't redeem ourselves. God says, I know you've been a sinner. I know you've been disobedient. I know you've wandered away, but I'm right here and I'll redeem you. I'll give you hope from your past. I'll give you hope for your future. God says, I will. He says, I will take care of you as my own people. How many people feel lost? How many people don't feel they're a part of anything? How many people are disconnected from family, from friends that just feel like they're going through the motions and every day is Groundhog Day? But God says, you will be my people. God says, I will make you my people. He says, I will be your God and I will give you hope. God is in the rescue business. God can rescue you and I from our past, from our present, from what we perceive to be our future. God said, you are my people because he says this there are people who are afraid or terrified or are missing do you know how many people are walking through life filled with fear how many times do we say to each other how are you doing good but inside we are filled with fear we're afraid because a relationship is 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 breaking we're stressed out we're concerned about our kids our grandkids our parents our siblings our neighbors our friends our jobs our future we're filled with fear Fear can overwhelm you and fear can cripple you. But God says, not with me. I can rescue you from your fear. 
How many people are terrified to walk into work, terrified to walk into that home, terrified to pick up that phone, terrified to open that email, terrified to look online because we're concerned what other people may think or say or respond to us. But God said, you don't have to be terrified because I'm going to rescue you from that. I'm going to give you hope. How many people are missing in their own lives? How many people are not present in their own lives because we spend so much time worrying about the past or the present or the future that we, we don't live in the moment. God said, I will rescue you from that. See, God gathers his people and he gifts them with the gift of hope. That's why it's so important that we gather as the people of God so we can encourage one another, that we can say hello to one another, that we can hear each other's stories because when we gather like this corporately to worship, when we gather in life groups, when we gather next week, when we go down to abide together, we are gathering as the people of God and we are serving God, we are worshiping God. When we gather, that's what we're trying to teach the kids. They're gathering to serve by stuffing stockings. They're going to gather at the retirement home. And I hope you come, even if you don't have kids or grandkids of all, come down. Gather as the people of God because you will find hope. In the people of God. That's why it says this in Hebrews. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Habits are formed, good or bad. You know, you work out every day, you form a good habit. You don't work out every day, you form a bad habit. We form habits. And if we can form the habit of gathering, then you're going to experience the habit of God gifting you hope. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your situation is, God can give you hope. He gathers, brings the people back to the promised land, gives them hope. He gathers, brings them back and says, I'm going to provide you godly leadership. And then lastly, he says this. He says, I'm going to gather you. And he says, I will raise up for David's righteous branch. He's talking about Jesus. He's the hope of all hope. He's the ultimate shepherd. He is the shepherd that will provide, protect, heal, and give hope. He is the shepherd that will die for his flock. See, hope, hope is born in the manger, and we see it on the cross. Because it's Jesus. Jesus was in the manger. Jesus is on the cross. Jesus will come again. That is where our hope is. And that's what, that's what Jeremiah, he's saying, I will raise up for David a righteous branch. Friends, there is hope out there for you and for me and for the world. When we understand that Christmas is a rescue story. It's not about retail. It's about that God will raise up that righteous branch, which is Jesus Christ. And he can rescue you and I from loneliness. He can rescue us from the challenges and the trials that are in our lives and in our culture and in our community. And those broken relationships that we all have, God said, I will rescue you. Jesus can bring healing. Because, see, Jesus is in the rescue business. That was the mission. That's why he came. Listen to these words. It says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is not that everyone who looks at the Son believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up on that last day. 
Jesus' mission was to rescue you and I and give us hope. And see, what happens there is when we put our faith in Jesus, when we gather daily, when we gather weekly, when we gather corporately, we are saying, I trust in you, Jesus. What happens is the righteousness of Jesus, here's a big word, is imputed onto us, which means it's like somebody taking a coat off and putting it on. And Jesus says, I will put my, my righteousness on you. So when you and I stand before God, because we're all unrighteous, we're all sinful, we're all infected with sin. But when you and I stand before God, and everybody's going to stand before God one day, God will not see our sin, our failure. He will see the righteousness of Jesus imputed upon us, and we will be justified by faith. Because Paul, Paul reminds us of this in the book of Romans. He says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. In the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I don't know about you, but that I could pick out a bunch of those and say, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Because I understand I'm unrighteous. And I need rescued. We all need rescued. And sometimes if we look at our at ourself and our sinfulness, we think, well, there's no way I'm ever going to be good enough for God. Here's the thing. You're right. You and I are never, ever going to be good enough for God. But here's the hope. With Jesus, we can be good enough for God because his righteousness will be our righteousness. God loves to gather God loves to gift. When you think about how the Christmas story came, God gathered the shepherds and gave them good news. He gathered the people and gave them good news. I want you to think of Christmas more as rescue and not retail. Now think about it like this. Number one, God gathers his people. That's the rescue story. He places them in a context of hope. That's the church. And God will raise up the righteous branch of hope, which is Jesus. We come and we celebrate Christmas and the Christmas parties that are coming and the themes and it's going to be awesome and it'll be fun and it'll be funny and it'll be great. And I encourage you, have that time of fellowship and do that. But don't forget what Christmas is about. It's not about retail. It's about rescue. And whatever you need rescued from, whatever pain or fear or struggle or doubt or worry or anxiety, whatever fear or, or anything you're going through, Jesus is the answer for hope. He will rescue you when you put your faith in him. I'm going to ask our worship team uh, to come back up. And I want to give you three things to talk about this week. And, you know, if you haven't picked up one of our Advent devotionals, I really encourage you to do that. They're out on the table. It's a unique devotional. And after the quick reading, we ask you to do three things. Pray, uh, prepare, and practice. Um, I encourage you. But here are some things to think about. Why do you gather this Christmas? Is it for rescue or retail? What is the dominant reason why you gather? Is it because I love the parties or is it because I love to be with the body of Christ because I know that I've been rescued? Number two, who's your shepherd? If your shepherd is your boss or your coach or your pastor or whoever, that's not the right shepherd. The only shepherd that will lead us and care and provide and protect and heal and give hope is Jesus. And number three, where do you find hope? 
Is it in your own righteousness or is it in God's? Because God has a great gift for you and I this Christmas, friends. He has the gift of hope. I mean, true, eternal, life-changing, lasting hope that is in Jesus. I'd encourage you, prayerfully ask, is my hope in Jesus? Because if your hope is in Jesus, then you understand Christmas is a rescue story. Amen.